it's very important that in this day and age we do not get caught up in fear okay uh, if you want to be in a bad mood just watch the news uh, you know you know what, what do we call crisis of living or living crisis or whatever energy bills goes up and and as a citizen of the kingdom of God so what okay because God is your provider amen, amen. it doesn't matter if the petrol costs this or that or the other it doesn't really matter because we are not relying on the provision of this world. We are said, when we said yes to Jesus, we came into the kingdom of God. Okay? And, uh, and we are living in a time, you know, Jesus said the end time starts, that started 2,000 years ago, but he did say that, you know, one of the things where you need to see where we are, you need to see it, look at Israel. You know, Israel is like the the time clock of God. So when you start seeing what happens in Israel, that shows where we are in the eternal calendar, so to speak. And uh, like 1948, uh, when Israel was declared as a nation, you know, the Bible actually talks about, I think it's in Isaiah, that says, can a nation be born in one day? You know, and that happened, well, it was the 14th of May, 1948, when the UN uh, elected, uh, voted to that Israel should be the homeland for the Jewish people. Okay, and uh, it's actually interesting when you look at history that it's always important to understand. We you know that uh, we are not here as cheerleaders of Israel. Do you understand? But we are. We have to understand that those who fight against Israel, they fight against God. Okay, you know like. There's one thing that is there's an interesting observation in one of the few nations that did not vote for Israel to be the nation of the Jews was the United Kingdom. Okay, actually, after World War II, the Nazis put the Jewish people in concentration camps. 1945, the British Army put the Jewish people in concentration camps. So they blocked the entrance for the Jewish people. There. Uh, from Cyprus, so you know the ships. There's actually a very famous book written about it. But the the the, the British army blocked the Jewish people to come back. And ever since 1948, if you look at United Kingdom, the empire disappeared. Okay, little by little, piece by piece, the whole empire disappeared because of the thing is that when you start uh, uh, opposing what God is doing in Israel. God said he blessed those who pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And it's very important that we understand that also, but we look at this as believers now, that when you see things like that happen in Israel like now, that uh, I think actually, you know, uh, that we also have to address our own lives. Okay? Because of the time is short. Now I'm not saying that, uh, you know, like some, well, was a preacher who said to me that you should live like if Jesus is coming today, and you should plan like if he comes in thousand years. Okay? You know, you can't just say, you know, it's not just one thing, but it's important we understand the seasons that we are in. Because so that we don't just carry on the way we do. Uh, back in the 1930s, there was a guy, a, a Swedish guy called Raoul Wallenberg, and he traveled around the whole of Eastern Europe and said to the Jewish people, 
you need to go home. You need to go home. And the Jewish people just laughed at him, especially in Germany. Said, no, no, we are so influential here and so on and so forth. And within a few years, the Holocaust started because they did not know the seasons. And uh, there's a chapter about King David and his mighty arm, uh, the mighty men of uh, King David. And there's a group of people there is called the Issachites. And their, their job or their skill or their gift was they could discern the seasons. Okay? So like that we don't sow in harvest time and we don't reap in sowing time. So it's just, you know, be aware that it's so important that more than ever now, because the devil will bombard you with fear, that we stay close to God. Amen? And um, there's... Um, there's a few things that uh, I want to talk about because of, uh, and if you go to John chapter 14 and 26, because of, uh, you know, I, I wrote here in my Bible, this is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes that it's important we understand it because the Holy Spirit sometimes gets blamed for all sorts of things that has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit to do, Okay. You have to understand, Jesus, he talked about the Holy Spirit when he said, I'm going home to the Father. And then they got sad, the disciples. And he said, don't be sad, I'm paraphrasing now, because I'm sending you another spokesman. At that time, you know, Jesus was, 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 could only be one place at a time. But he said, yeah, I will send you my Holy Spirit. And then he says here in verse 26, but the comforter, but the comforter, but the Comforter, okay, you know, uh, is the Holy Ghost. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Now notice, this is the purpose. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. So the Holy Spirit here, you know, like, in, in charismatics, it's been turned around that the Holy Spirit has to do with something that happens in the future. Now, the Bible, the Word of God, is prophetic. It's, you know, when the Holy Spirit, He will reveal what it is, but it's not about the Holy Spirit will tell you, uh, this is going to happen at 2 o'clock or whatever, tomorrow or next week, next year, whatever. You know, the Holy Spirit is there to remind us of all the things that Jesus has said. Yeah. Did you understand? It's very important we understand this thing because of the only way you and I we can grow is through the Word of God. And I always say to people that if they, if they, if it's the Holy Spirit, it will always create a hunger in your heart for the Word of God. It will always bring you back to the Word. Okay? I remember before I knew anything about this when I got saved. <coughs> I went to see, uh, I listened to a preacher, and he was preaching something about the uh, salvation plan in the Old Testament. And I think I've only been saved for a few weeks or two, something like that. And I had never heard anything like that. And I'll tell you, that was just amazing. And, and I can see back now, because I remember I went back home and said to Jesus, please don't come back before I read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, because when you meet the Holy Spirit, it will bring you back to the Word. There will come a supernatural desire and a hunger for the Word of God. That's why that just like in the natural, when you're not feeling well, what is one of the first symptoms when you're not feeling well in the natural? You lose your appetite. 
what is one of the first signs where you start recovering? You're regaining your appetite, apart from if you're in hospital. Mm. Okay, I'm telling you, I, even I could be a chef at the hospital. No, I couldn't. I, I, you know, someone where I think we must employ someone where to purposely make the food bad. Oh, we taste this. Oh no, that tastes too nice. We can't serve that. Yeah. Okay, it's just. I when I was in hospital, I lived on ice cream <laughs> because the food. Oh, oh, anyway, but it's so important we understand that the word of God is the power of God. Okay, it is so important. We are, transformation comes through. The word of God, okay, in Mark chapter 4, when Jesus talks about his doctrine, he says, the, the, the seed is the word. And when you have the word of God inside of you, then the Holy Spirit will empower that word to manifest in you, okay? And so, but, but just to go back a little bit here, but the comforter, now, I grew up with a preacher that he was like a hellfire and brimstone preacher. Everything, you know, he was just angry about everything and so on and so forth. But you have to understand here now the comforter. You know that someone said once that you know life should be a succession of adventures launched from a secure base. Okay? Mm -hmm. And you know, now you have to understand when we're talking about that God loves you and yeah, uh, you know that that you you should be secure in Him and so on. That's not the goal. That's the foundation, but not the goal for just for you and I to just say uh, doing nothing. But it should be the foundation of that. Now we can go and explore. Okay, and I believe it's uh, it's so important we understand that God here that Jesus says He is the Comforter. He is the comforter. That, that is where it starts. That the, the, the image you have of God must not be that God is someone who needs to be served, someone who needs to be pleased, someone who needs to be obeyed, because he is the comforter. Yeah. Okay? It, it, that must, again, we have to be careful, because we can, you know, you can take any truth and stretch it too far. That does not going to make us complacent and say, it doesn't matter what I do because God just loved me and whatever. And I remember many times when God said to me something like, uh, what's the, what do you say? You know, the, the issue is not that if God loves you, the issue is, do I love him? Mm. Do, do you understand? In the Psalm 91 says, because he put his love upon him, he will deliver him. It's not a, the question has never been that God loves you or not. It's the thing is, what is my response? And I said to everyone, to uh, uh, you heard me say many times this, but our God, the, the God of the Bible, is not the God of any other religion. You know, you meet many people who are non-believers. Oh, yeah, but we, you know, this is all the same God. It's just different avenues up the same mountain and so on. No, it's not. You know, even if you speak to Muslims, they say, oh, yeah, but we believe in Jesus too. I say, no, you don't. Because Muslims believe Jesus is a prophet. We believe he's the son of God. Amen. And, where, and this is really where it boils all down to what, what, what you see in the news now, is that if you remember Abraham, yeah. he had two sons. Yeah. One was the Hagar, okay, yeah. and he got Ishmael, and the, the other one was the son of promise, Isaac. I have a friend, he, he keeps saying to me he's a Jew, and I keep saying to him, you are not a Jew. Oh yeah, I'm a Jew because my dad is a Jew. So I said, no, you're not a Jew because for you to be a Jew, 
your mom needs to be a Jew. Do, do, do you understand? And that is where we, we differ between Islam and Christianity or Judaism because the blessing, you know, for, for you to be a Jew, it goes through your mother. That's why Isaac, he is the promised son, not Ishmael, okay? So you can have a Jewish mom and a Gentile dad and you're still Jewish. But if you have a Jewish dad, but a Gentile mom, you're not Jewish. Did you understand? It's important we understand this because the promise goes through the line of Isaac. Okay? It's very important we understand that because this is where many people say, oh, but Israel is the oldest. No, it's the line go through the mother. And why is it like that? Because you have to understand, being Jewish is not a waste. You know, that's why you have Ethiopian Jews. I remember back in the 80s that uh, when um, uh, at the famine with Israel, they flew back uh, the, the Ethiopian Jews. At what stage I never heard of Ethiopian Jews, okay? But uh, it descending from, they say it comes from, uh, what is it, his name? Solomon. Yeah. No, he married Queen of Sheba. Yeah. And, uh, and what is the other one? Moses. Okay, yeah, I forgot what is the other Moses. Oh, yeah, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and uh, but back to this thing again. This is but the Holy Spirit leads us back to the Word. Okay, it, it's so uh, you know that is if that's the sign that you become hungry for His Word. That that is a hunger that that comes in you because of when you the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He empowers the Word that is within you. So, like, for, for example, for me, I spend most of the time just to get the word into my heart. Why? Because now the seed is in my heart. And when the presence of the Holy Spirit comes, he empowers these words that is within my heart. If it's not within my heart, there's nothing to empower. But it's my job to sow the seed. Amen. So, so, so but back to this, it's out from a platform of comfort. But comfort is not the goal. Okay, you, if you go back in our church history, you will find that the greatest, what we call many of the great men and women who, who were missionaries, they came from places, what you would say, great comfort, but they chose not to live in that comfort. Okay, but, uh, you know, but, but what is it, the guy, the, 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 the guy who went to China? Hudson yeah, Hudson Taylor. He was not a poor man. He didn't come from a poor background, but he chose. Okay, it, 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 but 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 I, sometimes people I, see, I met people say, oh, I, I'm I'm comfortable, I'm blessed. No, no, that's not the purpose. The purpose is, you know, now you are secure. Now that security is a base for you to go and explore. And as I said to you many times, this is why I admire these uh, these uh, world uh, boxes because of you know they're fighting once maybe a year, and the rest of their time they just live in complete crazy luxury. And then they, they, they sign up for a fight again, and then they have to pull themselves out of that life and get back into the gym to discipline themselves to eat this. Oh, you know, and this is one of the things I need to speak to God about. Why is all the healthy food taste bad? <laughs> you know, no, everything that is good for you is not good. I don't. It's not good for my taste buds. Everything that is good for my taste buds is not good for me. Okay. Anyway, so. So comfort is not a goal, it's the foundation. 
Okay? So the first thing, as, as a believer, you need to know God is not your problem. Yeah. God is not need to be pleased because that comes into our head so quickly. I have a friend, every time something bad happened to her, she said, oh, maybe I've done something wrong, maybe I've done... And, I, and you know, that research, because we, we, and it, it, it expresses an, a, an image of God where somewhere you are scared. That somewhere you're thinking that God is there to punish you. And you have to understand, God is not there to punish you, okay? Yeah, I had another friend when every time he went out, his mom always said, remember, God sees everything. Meaning, you better stay in line because God is going to smack you if you don't. And that's not how God is. Amen. You know, that God judged our sin in Jesus. Do you understand? Whatever you have done wrong and you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, now God judged that in Jesus. Okay? No, but the Bible says that Jesus was made sin. Okay? He wasn't born a sinner, but he was made sin so that you and I, we could be made the righteousness of God. Amen? And do you know the difference is that you, know, you and I, before we became believers, sin came from the inside. We were sinners. We were all sinners and fell short of the glory of God. That's why, like, I don't know if you ever tried to share the gospel with someone. And then we say, yeah, but what about this? And I'm not so bad. And you know, he's better. You know, oh, I'm not so bad as him and so on. And no, we were all born in sin. Yeah. Not because of who we were individual, but because of Adam chose to disobey God. Okay? But then now, when we put our faith in Jesus, now we were made the righteousness of God. That's why it's so important to understand that when you are in Christ, when you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, even, now I'm not encouraging you to do it, but even if you fall short, that does not mean God is angry. Do, do, do you understand? You know, that Noah was in the ark, even if he fell in the ark, he still fell within the ark. And we need to get this image out of our head that God wants to punish you. God wants, God is angry because if you don't have that foundation of that he is the comforter, that is, that is secure in God, okay, then everything you do from there on, you don't do it because God loves you. You do it without realizing that you want him to love you. And you don't need to get God to love you. It's so important. You don't need to convince God to forgive you. You don't need to convince God to restore you because all these things were sorted out when Jesus said, it is finished. But somewhere down the line, religion came in and you know what? The same spirit that is in Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam and all other religions, they have, they have one common denominator. We need to please God. You know, one way or another, they're thinking, if I do this and do that, I have to, but it's the same thing. We need to please God. Because God is not satisfied with me as I am, okay? And I and and that. But when the moment we have received the sacrifice of Jesus, now God does not see you anymore. He sees Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And that's why that when you sometimes in your emotion feel down and whatever, just ask yourself this question: What would God have done for Jesus? And you can say afterwards, say, he will do the same for me. Why? Because Jesus and you are one. Amen. You are in, you know, we say we are the body of Christ. 
Okay, we don't separate any body or parts of us and as a separate thing of who we are. Amen. And the same thing, God does not separate you from Jesus. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. Amen. When he sees you, but it's only us because of one thing that is so important that, uh, that when you become a believer, you, and is you know, one of the challenges is that our brain does not get born again. Our emotions does not get born again. But these things is no longer a part of who you are. This is God. That's why Romans 12.2 talks about the full transformation of our mind. No, sorry, through the renewal of our mind, we shall be transformed. It's because when you renew your mind and realize, I am not that Kurt from before. I'm not that person from before. I am a new creation in Christ. Okay? These things that I remember in my mind is something of someone who have already passed away. Amen. So don't, so, but what, what does religion do to us? It, it convinced us, many people, that being, that, be, that if we can punish ourselves, that, that's some kind of, a kind of being more pious. You know, the, 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 the what is it, the, the, the radical Catholic people, they know, they, 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 they inflict pain upon themselves because this is supposed to be even some kind of pious thing. So the more uncomfortable I am, the more spiritual I am. No, it's not because the price has been paid. Yeah. Amen. You know, I cannot add anything you see in the Philippines every Easter. Do we still do that where they crucify one, oneself? No, this is the ultimate self-righteousness. Yeah. Okay, but I believe that I can add something to the sacrifice of Jesus. No, I can't. I can only receive it. That's why salvation, what, is, what do we call it, is a gift. Yeah. Amen. God does not give salaries. Okay. He gives gifts. What, and what, what, and so, that, so, so now you can stop saying, oh, I don't deserve it. I, I'm not worthy of it. Because a gift has nothing to do with the receiver. Mm. It has all to do with the giver. Amen. Yes. You know, when, when if I receive a gift from some, it doesn't say anything about me. It says more about the giver. And therefore, whatever gift, now you're more than welcome. I can receive any gift. When people say they're not worthy, I always say to God, could I have their share too? Amen. So you know, I, you know, someone I have seen some, oh, someone gives someone something. Oh no, no, I'm not worthy of this. So what do you mean worthy? Something that I consider a little bit cheaper, whatever. No, it's nothing to do with you. God's generosity has nothing to do with you and me. It has to do with who He is. John 3:16. For God so gave, for God so loved the world that He gave, not not made a down payment. He gave. To those who deserve it? No. To the world. Yeah. Amen. And you and I, before we receive Jesus, you are part of the world. But now when we receive Jesus, now we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Now you and God cannot be separated. Okay? Some people have said, you know, many, I've been bit, doing counseling, oh, God is so far away. They say, no, he's not. He's in you. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't, it, if you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, He is in you and He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. And one of, the, one of the most important things you have to understand is that in the kingdom of God, 
we cannot navigate through our five physical senses. The five physical senses is for us to navigate in this world. But in the kingdom of God, you can, we navigate by faith. Amen. Faith in him. Not by, you, know, you can have faith in him without feeling anything. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not an experience. Faith is nothing but having trust in him. Because his word says that whoever believes in him, that's it. Amen. That's why it's so important to, to know the word of God. Because the word of God is the same despite of how I feel. Amen. That's why that you know when when I feel when my emotions, uh, my whatever experiences, I, I go to the Word of God, and when as I told you before, make the Word of God final authority in your life. If you feel depressed in your emotions, you know you can now choose to believe your emotions, or you can choose to believe the Word of God. So I can either say rejoice for this is the day that the Lord has made, or it's always Monday. A long time to payday, whatever it may be, and it's waning, and it's in Bradford, and, so, and the bus didn't come on time, or whatever it may be. Okay, no, you can say, rejoice, because this is the day that the Lord has made. This is like the late uh, Walt Roberts. Every TV radio program he started, he always started out saying, and ended saying, something good is going to happen. Mm. Amen. But what do we do in the world? We are, we, we are born negative. Have you noticed that? We, we, you know, our language, maybe do we need to lose weight? <laughs> no, we are we, born negative, isn't it? Oh, I need to save for a rainy day. We don't know what is around the corner. And, you know, and it's always negative. No, expect something good to happen. Why? Because Jesus is with you. And he has said in his word, whatever you lay your hands to shall Prosper, okay. <laughs> no, but uh, live in that. You no, know, and when you live in that expectation, now this is what the Bible calls hope. And what is Hebrew eleven one talks about? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. Yeah. But it, but you know, faith and fear is you know, fear is when we empower worry. Okay. And 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 if you keep believing the worst will happen, you know. It happens because you have, you have empowered it. Okay, no, choose to trust him. Every time you have, your emotions try to betray you, just say no, no. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. I don't know the solution. I don't know the how the path, but that's not my problem. My 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 only thing I need to do is abide in him. Amen. Our power does not lie in our gifts. Our power does not lie in our skills. Our power does not lie in anything. But he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. As, as I said, Joseph is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And from a natural point of view, everything goes from bad to worse. Okay? But there is this little verse to say, but God was with Joseph. Amen. But God was with Joseph. Joseph had many opportunities to say, "Oh, God is not with me." Oh, but, uh, when 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 he when he came into Potiphar's house, no one, no, apart from Joseph, and he would say, "Oh, that could have given me an advantage in the household and so on and so forth." But he said, "What did he say? I cannot sin against my God." Why? Because he was aware of God is with him always. Amen. 
always. So don't 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 talk yourself into depression. Don't talk yourself into defeat. Don't talk yourself into what the world would do. No, talk yourself into your victory because you are not of this world. Yeah. Okay. Many people who who are ill. Do you know what? You know even you know people are taught about healing for for donkeys years. So when we get ill, oh, I hope God will heal me. I said, have you not listened to a word that I've been saying the last 20 plus years? You are healed. Amen. But, but it, because it comes, it comes so natural to fall into the natural. And we have to let go of that person. And we, we have the greatest example. You know, this is why it's so good that, that God chose the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul was not a saint before he became Paul. Okay, he killed the believers, he persecuted the church. Can you imagine Paul? He, he's preaching in a church, and then someone asks, Who is he? And then the mom says, Oh, he was the one who killed your dad. <laughs> you know, can you imagine a thorn in his flesh every time? Oh, what is he talking about? Grace. Oh, it, it must have been tough. But he said, and then when he was thrown in prison and all sorts of things, and I'm but he said, I wish. A power, you know, but God was with him. And it's the same Holy Spirit that you and I we got today. It's no different. It's the same Jesus. It's the same God. And today, if you grasp this, can be the day where you turn everything around. Why? Because something good is going to happen. Amen. I don't care how impossible it looks like. I don't care how difficult it looks like. No, God is the expert to turn impossibles into possibles. I had a friend many years ago, I don't know what he's doing now, but that was before I moved to England. Uh, he, he got saved through what they call the Jesus Revolution, Jesus Movement. You know, these were all the hippies in the 60s, 70s. And uh, when, uh, but he had not heard what I'm sharing with you now, so somewhere down the line he, he fell off the whale. He, but in the, while he got married, he got married while he was in church, had three kids. And then suddenly he just went crazy. So he went back to be a hippie. The family did not know where he was, his wife and so on. And, and we're not talking weeks, we're talking years. Mm-hmm. And everyone said to the wife, oh, why don't you divorce him? And you know, and you know, but you'll find that many of times, even for Christians, they try to give you worldly advice. Okay? But rejected, we only need spiritual advice, kingdom advice, okay? And the wisdom of God is higher than the wisdom of this world, okay? It might, it might look foolish in this world, but for, to God, it's a sweet-smelling savior. Amen? God will never let anyone down who put their trust in him. But anyway, so they said to her, oh, why don't you just move on with your life? So she said, no, no. She hold on. She kept praying. She held on. You know, she said, I trust God. God, what God has started, he will also fulfill and complete and so on. God's word does not return void. And um, after years, when suddenly out of the blue, he came back, knocked at the door and was completely a broken man and asked his wife if she could forgive him. So now I spoke to him and what happened was he was at, what happened for him to get to that stage was when he was uh, just he was at one of these big just like a Glastonbury festival, you know, there also and in the midst of that place, suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon him. Mm. And he was broken. 
and suddenly he saw how can you leave your children with your wife and so on. And when he, he you know, and he was like, you know, this was one of the things with, with, with the Jesus movement. These people were really, really radical. You know, they didn't pray about it. Once they saw God doing something, they just did it instantly. And they came back and their marriage was restored. But I can promise you that during the process, everything looked impossible. Yeah. And sometimes you and I, we are in the process and the devil tells us, pointing to the natural and say, see how impossible it looks like. That's a lie. Amen. It's, it, 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 you have to understand, the devil will use worldly wisdom to convince you not to follow God. Yeah. Because he can only operate in the natural. But the, another thing I've realized over the years is the devil is limited. Because he's of this world. Corinthians says he's the God of this world. What is the, what is the greatest limitation in this world? Time. That's what, so he's always limited. He don't have endless of time. You know, in, in the kingdom of heaven, in, in, no, there's no time with God. I said to you, you know, when you get to heaven, you will never be late again. <laughs> Amen. Or someone is looking up for uh, uh, no, but they, 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 there's no t so t that's why Galatians six nine say don't get discouraged, don't be dismayed. What is it saying really? Don't trust your emotions, don't trust what you're feeling, because this is of this world. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, because his weaponry, his arsenal is limited. We see it with the temptation of Jesus in the desert. I think it's I can't remember if it's Mark. They say, and the devil came to the end of his temptations. It's not like you have an endless time or they can just keep throwing you one temptation after another. No, he's because he's in this world, and this world, everything is limited. You and I are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God, where there is no shortage of anything. Amen. And, and the only thing that can get you, so that's why he tries to manipulate you your emotions so that he can get you into the network. That's why he tried to manipulate your history. You know, you know even things you think you remember, he manipulated it. Okay? You know, like, uh, I, I was uh, I was saying, I always said to Matthew something about a football game I watched back in, what is it, back in 1980s or something like that. And, you know, because of YouTube, everything is on YouTube now. So, and I said to Matthew, oh, there was this guy, he scored from the halfway line. That was how I remembered it. When I watched on YouTube, he was only two yards from the goal. <laughs> Talk about uh, lack of uh, memory. Don't trust your memory even. You know, but some of us, when we we, so we, we do things, when we do, oh, but last time you tried, it didn't succeed. No, it succeeded because you only failed if you quit. Yes. Amen. Someone said to me this thing, and other priests said, oh, this thing about this doesn't work. I said, why doesn't it work? Because I've done it. It doesn't work. I said, you got what you said. It doesn't. If you say it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yes. But I said to him, it works for me. Yeah. Amen. What's the difference? The confession that we are proclaiming. He put his trust in the natural, in his what is of his world. I put my trust in God. And I don't judge anything according to the process. If you feel that everything is not looking out the way it's supposed to look out now, rejoice because you are in the process. It's not the end. God is not going to stop here. He's, 
he, he finished what he had started. Amen. But many of times, we judge ourselves according to the process. Don't do that. Now, just hold on to what the word of God says. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And they will say, can you feel God? Just tell him, I don't need to feel anything. I have the word. Yeah. Amen. I have the word. That's it. But so often the devil, he manipulates us and says, oh, but, but you don't feel anything. Oh, I, I have a pastor who says, oh, God feels so far away. Oh, you know, they, they become all melancholic and emotional. No, faith is none of these things. Jesus said, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He said, he, you know, as I said to you, and uh, let that be a revelation in your life, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, not the holiday home, not the holiday resort. He, you know, he stays with you permanently. I remember the first time I realized when God said, he sees everything. First time I went to the toilet. I was a bit worried. <laughs> God sees everything. Oh, oh. Anyway, but... Uh, but the thing is, it's so important we get beyond, in the natural world where we came from, we, 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 we use our five physical senses. The world that we are entered into, we only need one thing, and that's faith in Him. Not faith for things, faith in Him. As I said to you, we don't believe for healing, we believe in Jesus who heals. We don't believe for provision, we believe in Jesus who provides. We don't believe for for anything apart from in him. And what do we need to believe? But he will never leave me nor forsake me. Despite of what I have done or haven't done or should have done or whatever, that is where we have to be so grounded in that. Despite of what I feel, despite of whatever, no. You know what? I remember in the old days before GPS, you know, we used to have these big maps. Remember these? And then even every town had these, what is it, A to Z? Was there, you know, these, uh, I had a friend, he was really weird. He was an accountant. He collected these A to Z. I said, don't you have a life? I told him. Anyway, so, uh, so that was the first time we drove to Denmark. This is about uh, 1,500 miles. No, uh, no, no 1,000 miles, roughly. Okay? Without GPS, just this big map. And uh, when we got over the Calais and we were driving and driving, uh, and then suddenly it dawned on me, no, I felt I was on my way to Denmark. Okay? But actually, I was on my way to Spain. <laughs> and, and the only reason for why I realized why I was not in the right thing was because suddenly I got to look at the sunset. The sun was in the wrong place. Okay, so I realized I was driving in the wrong direction because if I would drive, the sun was not supposed to be there. Okay, anyway, and uh, and I got many sermons out of that. You know, I felt in my emotions, oh, I'm moving, I'm driving, you know, with everything. But what I learned to navigate by was the sun. Amen. And you and I, we need to learn to navigate by the word of God. Not by our emotions, not by our feelings, not by anything, but the Word of God. If the Word of God says you are blessed, who are you to argue? If the Word of God says you are healed, who are you to argue? 
I'm not here to convince other people, okay? Because I'm telling you, anyone who is in the process of the breakthrough, there will be a whole choir of people who tell you you're on the wrong track. And once you have a breakthrough, everyone in the same choir will say, oh, we all believe in you. So, so we are, that's why the fear of man brings a snare. We are not here to impress one another. We are not here to be judged by one another. So don't build your life on what do people think. So what? I don't care what people think. Most of the people I know, they don't think anyway. How do I know? Just look at Facebook. <laughs> it's like, hey, no one figures. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, so we, we're not here to impress people. As I said to you many times before, that why don't kill yourself to earn money to buy something to impress someone who doesn't care. Amen. Now we are here for one thing, trust in him. Yeah. Amen. You know that you can take them all, uh, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk now, this guy, you can take them all, they all thought they were crazy. Okay? When uh, Columbus, you heard about Columbus? Yeah. He, they said he was crazy when he said, I will find a sea route going west. You know, that's why we call them Indians in America, because Columbus thought he came to India. Mm. So he thought he found the sea route to India. So when he came there, but if you go to America, don't call them Indians. Okay, call them natives. Mm. No, I got all. Do you know what Columbus' greatest contribution is? What is Columbus' greatest contribution to mankind? Oh, it's a good pop quiz, isn't it? <laughs> Tomatoes. Without that, no pizza. <laughs> no, it was Columbus who brought uh, tomatoes to Europe. Amen. So now, what is the greatest contribution from, from Columbus? Not that he found America. Pizzas. <laughs> Amen. But... But it's so important we understand that we don't navigate by what we feel. Okay, in 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 the sports world, one of the things you the, the, the athletes have to learn to meditate. Okay, they have to see themselves as a winner before they are a winner. Okay, as I said to you, sometimes you know most people think we're stupid. We're only stupid because we think we're stupid. Okay. Most people, we find out that most people who think they're stupid, they do worse than most people who think they're bright. And IQ-wise, it might be the same. But if you keep thinking you are stupid, you talk yourself into be stupid. If you keep saying, I can't do this and I can't do that, and I, you know, when, when you, 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 you talk yourself into not to do it. Okay? The thing is that this is, a, this is the spirit of this world. Have you, not, have you noticed it comes far easier for you to say what you can't do than to say what you can do? Mm. Oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. That comes easy for us to say because there's a, there's a stink of religion in it because we're thinking that it's humility to talk myself down. No, humility is to say what God says about you. That's humility. Humility is not to say I'm useless, unworthy, or whatever. No, humility is if God says it, I trust it. That's humility because now you made his word more valuable than my emotions, my history, my feelings, and so on and so forth. That's humility. 
Humility is not that you have nothing. Humility is to say, I, I have all the things that I need in this world. Why? He is my provider. That's humility. I remember I had a hairdresser once he said to me, when I found out I was a pastor, I said, why do you not have a humble car? Humble. So I said, what is a humble car? He didn't know. It was just, why do you not have a humble car? Okay? No, humility is not to degrade oneself. Humility is really to lift up God. And I lift up God by trusting what he's saying. And if he says, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who am I, no matter how weak I am, who am I to say the opposite? Amen. If God says that he is in me and no weapon formed against me shall prosper, who am I to say, oh, I feel so defeated? No. Victory is not an emotion. Victory is a state that God has put you in. Grateful is not an emotion. Grateful is a state that God has put you in. Amen. Whatever you touch, God says, I will bless it. Amen. I will bless it. I'm telling you, I, was, I had this crazy picture here. What was the first thing that the women did when they came into the promised land? They threw off their shoes. Oh, I have had these shoes for 40 years. <laughs> I need a new pair. <laughs> I, I once we went to get some of Ian's shoes repaired. I thought I'd done her a favor. I didn't. Oh, no, I can't buy new ones. <laughs> okay. But it's so important we understand this thing that, that, that we are kingdom citizens. Okay, and I'm telling you, but because we've been brought up, we heard many times, our oh, faith is like this, that, and the other is like, no, faith is, I call it war faith. No emotions, no, nothing else, but I trust in God. There have been many of times that the only thing I've said when the devil have attacked my mind is just to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the more he's tried to attack me, I, say, I just tell him, do you want to hear it again? So I can tell you one Bible verse the devil knows is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because I kept reminding him. And you don't need to be a Bible scholar or anything like that. You just need to live in the knowledge of the word of God is more than enough. Amen. So I don't, I, I, the devil will try to reason with you, try to come with an explanation. How is God going to heal you? How is God going to provide you? Do you know any wealthy people who can provide you with this? That's not your problem. Amen. That's what he wants you to do because when you start reasoning with him, he pulls you back into the natural. But you just stay in the spirit and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I see that situation, I see that situation. What is the solution? They will say, what is the solution? What is the solution? What is the solution? Not, that's not your responsibility. We are called the children of God. Amen? We are not called the mature people of God. We are called the children of God. What does God ask us to call him? Father. Okay? You know, it's not a, a baby or child's responsibility where the next meal is going to come from. Amen. That is the responsibility of the parent. So the how, the how it's going to happen is not no concern for the child. That's the concern for the parent. 
That's the same thing that when the devil's tied to us, how is going to happen, how is going to happen, how is going to happen, which matter we are, it doesn't matter, it's not my responsibility. Go and ask the one who is in charge. Amen. All I need to do, stay close to him. Yeah. Stay close to him. Stay close to him. Because he has said he will take care of him. It's not my problem. I don't think my kids, when they were five years old, were thinking, where is the next mortgage payment coming from? Interest rate is going up. <laughs> That's not the concern. Okay? It is the concern of the responsibility of the parent. And it's the same thing with God and you. You don't need to worry about these things. You just need to hold on and stay close to him and say, he will never leave me nor forsake me. But how I'm going to be fed, that's his responsibility. How I'm going to be provided for, that's his responsibility. He has said he will do it. Yeah. Okay? That's what it, that's how it looks like when you're in the process of faith. But when, when the devil tricks us in, was it, well, oh, he said that to me many times. Oh, how is God going to do this for you? You know? You don't know anyone who can provide that and so on. You know, and see, so he tried to reason with And I met many people, that even they also say they are in faith, they're not in faith. Because of, oh, people say, oh, that bicycle, that's exactly the one I, pray, I believe in God for too. I've seen that many, that's not faith. Okay, look, I'm telling you, God can provide for you out of nothing. Amen. No, but one of the fascinating stories is about when, when Joshua left the Israelites and, and because they needed more time and the Bible say that he stopped the sun. And there's some, I can't remember the book, there's a, a clever scientist that goes far beyond my understanding of it, but he was trying to make a, this long calendar and he, he missed one day. And he said, that's the day Joshua stopped the sun. Okay? And so God, you know, God will turn the world upside down. All you have to do, just trust him. Yeah. If you have symptoms in your body, be, let the first word come out of your mouth and say, by his stripes I have been healed. Yeah. Amen. If you got, no, we don't get color-coded bank statements anymore because now it's all online, you know. They'll just say, Philippians 4.19, for he will supply all my needs according to his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. And uh, do you know, this is so wonderful, and this is again what religion has come in, because religion will agree with you, but God will bless you, but when it, when it will add another thing to the bare minimum. Okay? No. God is a God of abundance. Amen. John 10.10, 10, uh, what did Jesus say? I have come to give you life more abundantly. Even your own body is a testimony of God's abundance. You only need one kidney. He got you two. <laughs> Amen. You know, but even our own bodies is, is a sign of, you know, God, God is not doing sparingly. No, that is enough. That is good enough and whatever. No, he gives in abundance. You know, that Philippians 4.19 says, according to his riches. It doesn't say, you know, it does not say anywhere that God only meets your need. Okay? No, he, he's not here to meet your need. He did that in Christ. Now he's here to abundantly bless you. Amen. And to give you an illustration of it, if you need a mortgage, what would the bank ask you? How much do you need? So you say, I need X amount, of, let's say, just for the sake of 10,000 pounds. We're not going to give you 20. Mm -hmm. 
Okay? They are going to so when you ask for ten, they lend you ten. That is according to your need. Okay? But God, so they, the bank do it according to your need. God gives to you according to who He is. Amen. Now, if you read in, that's the only thing that is worth reading in the book of Revelation, where people have not destroyed it, I think, is that it's streets of gold. So don't embarrass me, Natalie, when I come to heaven. So Natalie says, <laughs> don't put anything in the bag. <laughs> okay, so uh, don't say, hello, Pastor Kurt. <laughs> no, the pearl gate and so on. And you will see, all when you see all these images, of heaven, it's all really results of something that has gone through a process. What is a pearl? It's a foreign object that comes in and that is pressurized and comes out as a pearl. Yes. Okay? It, what is diamonds? It's all the pressure and these things. Mm. And if you are there in the process, just lift your hands and rejoice. Say, I'm on the right track. I have all the time in the world. I don't need to have. I don't need to hurry. I have all the time in the world. Why? Because he has said he will do it. And once he said he will do it, now it's not of my concern anymore. And, it, and and I don't need to. I don't need to reason. I don't need to be his. I don't need to help God. I don't need to defend God. I can just rest. Amen. Like when Martin Luther, when the devil showed up. And he said, oh, it's just you. And then he turned around, carried on sleeping. Mm. Okay? You know, just have in that peace and that confidence in he is with you. He will do it. He has done it. That's it. Amen. And, and I'm not here to prove my faith towards anyone. I, if you don't think it looks like I'm in the faith, you know, so what? I don't care. That's not my problem. I'm not here to impress you anyway. I'm here just to be with him. And then you can see when I come through on the other side, you can see I was right and you were wrong. Amen. You know, but blind Bartimaeus, when they came, to, when, when, when blind Bartimaeus, he shouted, Son of David. Okay? Son of David, which is the messianic title. The crowd said to him, Be quiet. Be quiet. Now, and this is where it's so fascinating about Bartimaeus. You know, he was the one who couldn't see with his physical eyes. The people who had their physical eyesight, they saw Jesus of Nazareth. Blind Bartimaeus, who could only see with his heart, saw the son of David. What does that tell us? Don't judge anything that you can see with your physical eyes. Because anything that is in the physical is subject to change. It can be changed. It doesn't matter how big and impossible, it can be changed because it's in the natural. But Bartimaeus, despite of what people shouted at him, he believed what he saw in his eyes, in his heart. Okay? He believed what he saw. In when I became a Christian, everyone laughed at me. Like, ah, you a question? No, because and what, why did they laugh at me? Because they refer to my history. They refer to our our fellowship prior to that I met Jesus. And I'm telling you, most of the time of what they said was, from a natural point of view, was true. 
but I chose now because now we you know this is why we say Jesus is Lord. Mm. Did you understand? Because now I chose to say what he said instead of saying what my history said, what my family said, what my emotions said, even what I said about myself. The Apostle Paul, he, he says, I don't even judge myself. So I don't even have a right to say, okay, I'm okay, or I'm not good, or whatever. I don't have a right to say that, because I'm not here to judge myself. If you want to know how you are, ask God. Amen. Ask God. Ask Him. Yeah. Amen. And that's the only thing we have to do. One, another name that is used for Jesus, what is that? He is the great shepherd. So, what does a shepherd do? He looks for the sheep. Okay? What do sheep do? They eat and get a haircut. <laughs> That's all we do. Eat and, and then we just follow the shepherd. That's all. We don't need to worry about... You know, that when you start seeing these images with the Bible, you, another thing is also, they don't have any concerns. We think it's maturity to be concerned. We, we, we see it as a sign. Oh, concern. Oh, you're responsible or so on. No, you are not supposed to be concerned. We, okay? You're just supposed to be in faith. And don't let the devil paint all these images of your future in your head. He does not know anything about your future. Corinthians talks about that's why we should... Cast down all evil imaginations. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's, he can paint all sorts of images in your head and is all a lie. And the, the, and the other thing is, he cannot even make it happen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Because if he could, he wouldn't have told you. He will just done it. Okay? When, when you decide to meet Jesus, or to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, don't you think if he had the ability, he would have done everything in his power to stop you from receiving Jesus as you? But he couldn't. Why? Because you made a firm decision in your heart. You confessed with your mouth. And there was no demon in hell that could stop you from receiving the greatest gift that heaven had. And when the Bible says, how much more would he not give you all the other things? Amen. But because of religion have stolen it from us now, and because of that, this is not to be a Christian, or this fact of you. No, God wants you to live life in abundance, in spirit, in soul, in body, in anything that you're touching. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He don't want you to, to be someone who reacts. He wants you to be someone who initiates. Why? Because you are the head and not the tail. Don't wait for something. No, you initiate. Amen. Why? Because he's in you. And the thing James talks about, if any man lacks wisdom, then ask. And God will give it to you freely. Amen. It is so vital we, are, we have this image of God because we are our own worst enemy. Because we talk ourselves out of our own blessing. Because we are the, in our emotions, our feelings, or whatever, uh, our circumstances we look upon, when we talk ourselves out of it. But I'm saying, don't hold on. You're only in the process. Do you know with the desert? The only reason for, for you know, you don't need to be, 
The only reason for why the Jewish people spent 40 years in the desert because they didn't learn that lesson. They, they still move through the natural. They are still uh, uh, navigating through the natural. That journey should only have taken them 11 days. But it took them 40 years. Why did it take? Because if you're reading uh, the account, what did they do? They complained about food. They complained about there was no water. They complained about the wife of Moses. You know, you name it, they complained. But if they have just said, hold on to the confession and said, you know, we are on our way to the promised land. Yeah. It will only take me 11 days. Amen. And, though, and that's the, the, the last lesson I want to, you know, with Joshua and Caleb. Don't believe majority. I'm telling you, if you in the Bible, any every time there's a majority, they're always wrong. And here we celebrate democracy. Okay, there was ten with, a, with an evil report. They say, "Oh, we can't do it. We can't do it. We look like grasshoppers in, in, their, in our own eyes compared to this." Better be all. The, you know, basically, it, it's like a bunch of Christians. Oh, we're not worthy. We, we're not worthy. Okay, but just like Caleb said, we can take it as a piece of bread. Amen. It, it is so 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 important. You will find in the Old Testament that every time God. Uh, grabs hold of a person, he has to change the way they look at themselves. That they are no longer servants, they are now children. Amen. And I believe that one of the things that describes us as believers, don't stop yourself saying, I just want to serve. Stop yourself saying it because of it, it forms an identity in you that is not God. Remember in Luke, uh, with the prodigal son, one, one of the first things that the father do to the son, what is it? Put shoes or sandals on him. You don't see in Old Testament, now in New Testament, where God says, take off your shoes. You see it in Old Testament with Moses, he just say, no, take off your shoes because it's holy ground. But that's because Moses was a servant. Okay? We are not called to serve. We are called to love. Amen. There's a difference. We are not supposed to live for God. We are supposed to live with God. Amen. That is what it means to be a believer. And if you can grasp that identity, I'm telling you, you'll be surprised to see how much goodness and blessing will start flowing in. Because of, it's not the devil who stops it. It's what happens between the ears. But we either will receive it or not. Okay, I have had you know I, what I'm telling you. This is something I learned over in a process. I remember when well, it was that 2004 or five or something like that. There was a man who came to me and he gave me a Rolex watch, and I was so I felt oh that was too much for me. So I went back to him and said oh I accept the gift, but now I give it back to you. And I remember in my head later on I realized that was not humility, but that spoke of my heart. Did you understand? But I felt suddenly I had some, I had a ceiling in my head and say, oh, that's beyond what I can receive. And that 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 is that was a that was a stronghold in my head that has to be broken down. Because none of these things should be like that. Because if God decided to give me this better all, I should just say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. That's why as you see some people. You know, I, I'm, I know people who, who are, you know, 
the way they've been blessed has just blown my head, really. And uh, and I always say to God, you need to open my mind more. Okay. When as I told you about a few weeks ago, when I shared to you about a testimony from my friend Ken, that when when he when uh, he, that prayer team prayed for this young man, and the whips grow up, yeah. grow out. Amen. Can you? They're like. This is this is the life we are called to do. Amen. We, okay. So you don't need to go to a plastic surgeon or anything like that. Just pray. Amen. I, I, I want, you know, I think there's a gift I would really like you could make a lot of money on for men to pray when the hair grows out. Every man that I know of will become so insecure when we talk about when we talk about their hair. So if I had the gift, then boom! <laughs> there was a guy in uh, South America, what was his name, Luis Anacundia. He prayed for people who were so away, and then he said to him, hold your trousers, and then whoop! <laughs> I said, oh, when can I get to South America? He's not alive anymore. <laughs> he, had, he had that gift. He said, hold your trousers, whoop! So, and when, when our natural brain say, where did it go? I don't know. I don't care. It's gone. <laughs> how, how does that work? I don't know. You, you know what? The more, you know, as I always say, just apply everything you do according to your salvation. You don't know why God saved you. You're just accepting it. I don't need to ask, why did you save me, Jesus? Yeah, now with me, I know you. Know, yeah, you know, me and Jesus, we are doing great work together. Now, but no, we we don't need to know. I just need to know one thing: He saved, He forgave. And you know, this is the life that we need: carefree, careless. Okay, have you noticed when we we are careless is a negative word, but you have to be careless. We, you know, in the world we say, I don't care. No, you shouldn't care. Amen. Just, you know, now the next thing is, next time you say grace for the food, do you know what happens when you say grace for the food? You give up the right to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you say grace for food, thank you Jesus for these gifts, or whatever you say. Now, this is Catholics who say it like that. You have no right to complain about it anymore. Oh, I don't like this. Did you not just say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I heard some, this is a Jewish tradition. They say that manna, I don't know if that, but uh, that uh, when, you, when, they, when you eat manna in heaven, that uh, if you think about what kind of food it's supposed to be, that's what it tastes like. Uh, this is... Uh, I don't know. No, this is some uh, Jewish uh, writings. You know, there's a lot of Jew, what, what, what the Second Temple period, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of books written about things like that. And uh, but I don't know. So it will just be ice cream all the time, ice cream all the time. And you and you and you, and you won't put on weight too. Amen. Now on Earth, you're thinking about the food. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. 
But it's so important. This is what the simplicity of faith is. God is with me. I trust in him. And anything else is secondary. Amen. Don't, don't, don't judge yourself according to your circumstances. Don't judge yourself according to your situation. Don't judge you according to anything that you see in the natural. Judge yourself according to the blood of Christ. Amen. The world could say you are a failure. The world would say you are a success if you do this. A failure if you do that. No. You are a success because you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That's what made you successful, because that's the best decision, wisest decision you can ever make in your life. It doesn't matter whatever you do after that, you will never make a decision that was so wise as that one. Amen. Now, we're thinking, oh, that person has a lot of money, or that person do this, that, or the other. We're thinking now, this is how we define success. That's not success. Okay, someone says to me, but what's the point that you, when you climb the ladder of success, and then at the end, you realize you put the letter up on the wrong house. <laughs> What's the point? Okay. You know, we, we, we're so quick to judge our, and, we, and even in the churches, we say, oh, but I'm blessed. And then we refer to something in the natural. No, you're not, that's not why you're blessed. You're blessed because Jesus died for you. Amen. You know, you, you can have the best job, so-called, in the world, and not feel very good about it. Okay, that's why when if you go to uh, the city of London, you see all the stockbrokers. They're they not happy people, all of them. That's why there's so many alcoholics and so many this weather. We know they do all sorts of crazy things because of yeah, they, they, they might earn thousands and thousands and thousands, but they are not blessed. No, they, no nothing can create happiness. Okay. Nothing can create happiness apart from Jesus. Yeah. Nothing can create joy apart from Jesus. Because everything else in the natural world is temporary. You can have the greatest car in the world. I'm, I'm promising you, after a month, it's just a car. <coughs> after a year, it's an old car. <coughs> after three years, it needs MOT. <laughs> it's like, because everything in the natural, even what we worship the most, Degrades. Can you remember when the mobile phone started coming out? The Nokia? We, we all need a Nokia phone. Uh, now, when you see it now, did I ever? You know, it, it's like everything in No, only what is in the spirit world is everlasting. And this is what we call to do. And this is why that I know that, that we need to remind ourselves of. But if someone goes through, uh, some, uh, we remind one another, don't define yourself according to the natural. Don't define yourself according to your, uh, your, your current situation. Define yourself, find your identity in him. Amen. When, 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 and when someone in our midst starts talking, oh, I'm no good or whatever, our job is to remind one another and say, no, 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 no. You can do all things for Christ who strengthens you. Yeah. Amen. That is what it, that's what it means to put. Uh, to encourage people. Encouragement is not a comfort blanket where we pity one another. Oh, yeah, it's really, I really pity you. Oh, I feel sorry for you. No, you put faith back in and get the right confession back in your mouth. Uh, get your focus refocused upon Jesus is with me. Amen. And we all need that at certain times because these, our circumstances, in, uh, <coughs> the devil will bombard us with 
uh, information from our circumstances. This is why the Word of God is so important. That it's not something we just visit every now and then, but this becomes our life. Amen. It is so vital so that when you get pushed by your circumstances, what comes out of you will be the Word of God. Amen. Just like what Jesus did, it is written. Every time the devil said something, what did he say? It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Amen. And you know, nothing could face him. He, you know, they tried to kill him, they couldn't kill him. You know, Jesus, you know, it was not the Jewish people who killed Jesus. It was not the Romans who killed Jesus. He gave his life. Because if he'd not given his life, he could not have died. Did you understand? He gave his life. They tried to kill him more than once. Pushed him all over the cliff and so on. And you know what? Uh, I, you know, I've, I'm reading certain things in the Bible and it's just interesting. Some, one small details that is just fascinating me. Like, uh, you know, the maniac. You know, the guy with all the demons and so yeah. on. And he was naked and running around like this and whatever. And then Jesus delivered him. And uh, so when the devil said, oh, can we jump into the pigs? Yeah. Do you know in America we have something they call devil's hand? Oh, that was a joke. But, but, <laughs> but anyway, so I went to say the next thing we read about him says he was dressed. Jesus already provided for him, even in the midst of the desert. And he did not say to Peter, Peter, take your trousers off, give it to this man. That's not what he said. No, he have all everything. That was needed is already prepared. Amen. Anything that you will ever need in your life, He has already provided it for you. But we need to have that confidence and trust in Him. Amen. It is so, so, so important. We don't try to fit our Christianity into the natural world. We, 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 we realize the natural world does no longer define us because now I'm a new creation. Okay? In America now, you I don't know if you read about it now, they, they start talking a lot about the UFOs and UFO files being released and they found this one and the other. I know this is, a, this is NASA. Or, and, but I can tell you, the extraterrestrials, we are already here. It's you. <laughs> Amen. You are a new, new creation. And according to what I can see in many churches, you, you're like E.T., Want to phone home? <laughs> okay. No, like in in 200 years, when we see our generation, people will think about our age. But we are the most humble people in the world because we all bend over. we <laughs> anywhere. So, but anyway, but hold on to that. I I'm just here to encourage you. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't define yourself for, from whatever in the natural. That is not you. Amen? That is not you. You are a new creation. You are a champion. You, are, you can master anything that you lay your hands to. This is who you are. Amen? And now the devil say, yeah, but what about this? I will be a master in this. No, 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 no. You are already a master. Okay? Who was this guy? Usain Bolt. He said it took him four years to one nine seconds. Now, what you're saying, 
the four years there was preparation. It all built up to nine seconds when he ran the hundred meter. Okay. He when did when did he become the world champion that we know him for? It was not when he ran the nine seconds. It was when he went through the four years process. That's where he became a champion. The same thing with you. You are not wealthy just because of there is a uh, two billion pounds on your bank account. No, you are you are wealthy now because if, if how you are now, this is what dictates what will be in your bank account. Yeah. And remember, my birthday is coming up. <laughs> when is your birthday? Whenever it suits you. <laughs> Amen. I'm open. It doesn't matter if you're too early or too late. Just feel the urge. Anyway, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring, stir up that gift that is within us, all of us.